0: The Eurasian steppe has been a fractious region throughout much of history, but it has also given rise to some of the largest and most powerful political empires ever known. The early medieval period was no exception, as an endless variety of tribes and nations struggled to assert their dominion over the vast plains and grasslands. Against this backdrop, the Khazars emerged north of the Black and Caspian Seas, establishing a powerful state with a decentralized administration, becoming rich off the Silk Road trade caravans which passed through their realm. Curiously, the Khazars were also notably religiously tolerant and it appears that they even converted to Judaism. If true, this would make Khazaria one of only two Jewish states to exist from the fall of the Second Temple in 70 AD to the foundation of Israel in 1948. Origins. The Khazar state emerged from the far larger Turkic Khaganate as a result of political infighting. The Turkic Khaganate, also known as the Gokturk Khaganate, was a loose collection of tribal confederacies which exerted political control across vast areas of the Eurasian steppe, from Manchuria to the Black Sea. Civil wars led to the breakup of this enormous empire in the first years of the 7th century splitting it into Western and Eastern khaganates The Western Turkic khaganate existed for many decades afterwards, even providing military support to the Byzantine Empire in its wars against Sasanian Persia. However, the advances of the Tang Dynasty in the East placed such political pressure on the Western khaganate that it eventually dissolved in the mid-7th century. Against this fragmentary and unstable backdrop, two nomadic states established themselves to the west in the steppe north of the Black Sea, the Khazars and Old Great Bulgaria. Conflict between the two groups quickly followed, resulting in the Khazars asserting their military supremacy and expelling the Bulgars westwards. Under Aspara, the Bulgars crossed the Danube, creating the first Bulgarian empire around the year 681. Thus, the Khazar Khaganate rose from the ashes of the once mighty Turkic Khaganate. By around 670, the Khazars had conquered both the lower Volga region and the lands between the Danube and the Dnieper regions, firmly cementing their position around the Black and Caspian Seas. It was this strategic position along the all-important Silk Road trade route that would bring Khazaria great prosperity and influence in centuries to come. Who were the Khazars? Although we in the modern world tend to conceive of nations and states as coalescing around a certain ethnicity or ethnic identity, Khazaria appears to have been ethnically extremely diverse. Dozens of distinct ethnic groups inhabited the Khaganate. A study of remains found at Sarkel reveals Slavic, European, and Asian DNA. Literary evidence suggests that there was a social division within Khazaria between white Khazars, known as Ak Khazars and black Khazars, known as Kara Khazars. However, what is unclear is whether this divide was racial in nature or simply social. Many Turkic nations had a similar social stratification which was not racial, between a ruling warrior class referred to as white and a class of commoners referred to as black. However, Muslim geographer Al Istakri, writing in the 10th century, noted how white Khazars tended to have paler skin and blue eyes while the black Khazars were of a darker complexion. As Khazar society was multi-ethnic, deciphering what language may have constituted the lingua franca is rather difficult. No records in the Khazar language survive, so any attempts to establish what the Khazars spoke are therefore necessarily theoretical. However, it would seem likely that the ruling elite spoke some kind of Shaz or common Turkic language, while the rest of the population spoke a branch of Turkic known as Lia Turkic or Ukirik. The only surviving Ukuric language today is Chuvash. The Khazar State. Like many other Turkic peoples, the Khazars were ruled by dual kings. The greater of these two kings, known as the Khagan, fulfilled a primarily symbolic and sacred role, while the lesser king, known as a bak, or Beck, would deal with the day-to-day affairs of state and control the military. Recruited from amongst the ranks of the greater nobility, the Khagans qualified for particularly elaborate burial rituals upon their deaths. A palatial complex would be built around the body, and rivers rerouted to hide the burial place. Arabic sources describe how a khagan could declare how many years he wished to rule upon his coronation. If he lived beyond this age, he would be killed. The reasoning for this appears to be to prevent aged and infirm kings from ruling beyond their years. Although, of course, this story may be legendary. As with many other Turkic Argonates, such as the Golden Horde, Khazaria was ruled by a linguistically separate elite. Khazar rulers would, however, take wives and concubines from among their subject peoples. Able to maintain a standing army of around seven to 12,000 men at its height, Khazaria also made use of Muslim mercenaries, such as the Khwarazmian Guard Corps, known as Osiya, who protected the Khagans. The size of the Khazar's army could increase greatly in wartime, when nobles were obligated to provide the service of their retinues. Although medieval military figures are always murky, what is clear is that Khazar military strength was such that they were able to control vast territories between the Aral Sea and the Ukrainian steppes. Governors, known as Tuduns, controlled settlements and acted as administrators. Famed 10th century Arab traveller Ibn Fadlan described lower-level officials, although their duties are unknown to us. This system allowed the Khazars to control the formerly wild regions of the Ukrainian steppe, guaranteeing safe passage to trade caravans. This has led to some historians to label the period of Khazar ascendancy as Pax Khazaria, the peace of the Khazars. Economist Lawrence Reed has noted that the decentralised organisation of the Khazar state, along with their ethnic and religious tolerance, was one of its great strengths, allowing its rulers to exploit the economic opportunity of silk road trade caravans. Trade was central to the power of the Khazar economy. Thanks to its position on the east-west trade routes, which snaked their way across Eurasia, Khazarian rulers were able to levy tolls on caravans in return for safe passage through the vast steppe. Tributary leveries were also extracted from among the subject tribes of Khazaria. Although semi-nomadic, the Khazars established a varied economy based off pastoralism, that is, grazing herds across large grasslands, exploitation of regional abundance of fish stocks, agricultural production, craft manufacture, and crucially, revenues derived from the control of trade routes. The Khazars were also an important supplier of slaves to the Muslim world, capturing Slavs and Eurasian tribesmen to be sold in slave markets further east and south. Attil, the capital of Khazaria from the mid-8th century, stood at the Volga delta north of the Caspian Sea. As a major trade centre, the city was a melting pot of peoples and religions. Jews, Muslims, Christians, pagans and shamanists inhabited the city, each with their own places of worship. The court in Attil, which handled trade disputes, reflects this diverse population. Seven judges presided over the court, two to represent the Jews, two to represent the Christians, two for the Muslims, and one for the pagans of the city. Outside of atoll, meadows and vineyards, irrigated by the Volga, formed a heartland of agricultural production. Religion Although sources are scarce, it is highly likely that the original religion of the Khazars was a variety of Turkic paganism based on the worship of the sky god Tengri, Ritual sacrifice was practiced, with offerings being given to fire, water, the moon, a variety of gods, and the ancestors. As Tengri was a sky god, anything struck by lightning was considered to be a sacrifice to the heavens. The afterlife was probably considered to be similar to life on Earth, as warriors were buried with their equipment. There is also evidence to suggest that warriors were occasionally buried along with their cargans upon the death of the ruler. As noted previously, Khazar society was not only multi-ethnic, but also host to a variety of religious practices. Khazaria stands out for its apparent tolerance of Judaism, a rare occurrence during the medieval period in which Jews regularly suffered expulsions and persecution across Europe. Even more curiously, both external and Khazar sources attest to the fact that Khazar leadership converted to Judaism en masse sometime during the 9th or 10th century. How this may have occurred, or even if it occurred at all, is subject to a great deal of debate, particularly since archaeological evidence of worship appears to be somewhat lacking. However, what is clear is that groups of Jews from Byzantium and the Islamic world had been migrating to Khazaria during periodic persecutions for some centuries. Pagan Khazaria offered a more welcoming environment, and the diverse and tolerant Khazar society allowed Jews to worship freely. Historian Simon Sharma postulates that Jews from the Balkans and Crimea formed a large number of those who migrated to Khazaria. Traditional accounts hold that the Khazar ruler Bulan was the one to convert Khazaria to Judaism. Bulan had angelic visions which exhorted him to find the true faith after which he traveled to a desert cave previously used by Jews to celebrate the Sabbath where he was circumcised. Interestingly a Turkic myth concerning the Ashina founding dynasty features an ancient cave in which the dynasty was conceived from the mating of their human ancestor and a wolf ancestress. Bulan's cave conversion may therefore be an attempt to rationalize Khazar pagan mythology with their new Jewish faith. Subsequently, Bulan is said to have invited representatives of the three Abrahamic faiths to hold a debate at his court. Judging Judaism to be the greater of the three, Bulan confirmed his conversion and his nobility followed suit. Such an account is likely to be a semi-legendary tale, as it is generally recognised that large-scale conversion takes a considerable period of time. The Schechter letter from the Cairo Geniza, a collection of some 400,000 manuscripts covering Jewish history throughout the medieval period and beyond, describes Bulan's wife as being Jewish, which may have influenced his conversion. That said, there is written evidence, including an exchange of letters between the Spanish-Jewish leader, Hazardi ibn Shaprut and Joseph, king of the Khazars, to support the theory that the Khazar elite converted to Judaism. Khazar coins from the 830s have been discovered inscribed with the phrase Moses is the messenger of God and the Christian monk Christian of Savalot referred to the Khazars in the 870s as being circumcised and Omnem Judaismum observat, that is, observing all the laws of Judaism. The names of Khazar rulers markedly change from names such as Urbis to Zachariah, Aaron, and Benjamin. However, it is important to recognize that the evidence for the conversion of the Khazars is fragmentary and at times appears contradictory. It is possible, of course, that the Khazars never converted to rabbinic Judaism at all, a view held by historian Shaul Stampfer. Foreign relations. The strategic position of Khazaria did not simply provide economic benefits. It also meant that the Khazars were sought after as allies by neighbouring powers, giving the Khagans a great deal of political influence. The Byzantine Empire generally encouraged steppe peoples to fight amongst themselves, as well as offering payments and marriage alliances in order to incite Turkic Khagans to attack their enemies. The Khazars were no exception. Leo III brokered an alliance against a common enemy, the Arab Muslims to the south. As part of this alliance, Leo's son, the future Constantine V, married the daughter of Khazar Khagan Bihar. They had a son, Leo IV, who ruled as emperor from 775 to 780, and was known as the Khazar. The Byzantines regularly used the Khazars as a bulwark against the threat posed by Rus' raiders in the 9th century. Although relations with the Byzantine Empire were generally cordial, the Khazars fought extensive wars with the Umayyad Caliphate and its successor, the Abbasid Caliphate, The first of these came in the 640s and 650s, with the first phase of Muslim wars of expansion. By 642, the Muslim armies had reached Armenia and began to launch raids across the Caucasus. In 652, a large Muslim attack on the Khazar capital, at that time Balanjar in the North Caucasus, was repelled, ending the Arab threat for a time and bringing an end to the first Arab Khazar war. However, the second Arab Khazar war began in the early 8th century with an increase in raiding across the Caucasus. In 722, a large-scale invasion of some 30,000 Khazars convincingly defeated Arab forces in Armenia, and the Caliphate responded by sending a similarly massive force northwards to besiege the Khazar capital of Balanjar, which was eventually captured by the Arab army. Ongoing conflict through the 720s and 30s saw the contested regions of the Caucasus change hands on multiple occasions, before Caliph Marwan ibn Muhammad forced the surrender of Khazar forces in 737 through a surprise attack deep in Khazar territory. However, the ensuing peace agreement was short-lived, and within three years the Khazars were able to assert their independence, thanks again to Byzantine support and Umayyad internal political instability. Aside from sporadic raiding, Khazar relations with the Abbasids were generally cordial, owing in part to the less expansionist tendencies of the Abbasids. However, the greatest threat to the Khazars and the cause of their eventual demise turned out to be the Rus peoples, who sought access to the waterways controlled by the Khazars. Desiring access to the Arab world for the purposes of trade, the Rus states increasingly resented the levies extracted by the Khazars on their trade fleets. The construction of Sarkel fortress by the Khazars in the 830s or 40s attests to this increasing unease over their worsening relations with the Rus. By the 880s, the Khazars increasingly faced pressure from hostile neighbouring states, in particular the Pechenegs, another semi-nomadic Turkic group, and the Rus warlords, who had wrested control of the Kyiv region from the Khaganate. Still, an uneasy peace was maintained as the Khazars allowed Rus raiding parties to use the Volga to travel through their lands. However, in 913 a particularly large Rus raid into Arab territories led to a request by the Khwarazmian Islamic Guard units of the Khazar army to be allowed to avenge their fellow Muslims. The subsequent destruction of the Rus forces upon their return led to war between Khazaria and the Rus states. To make matters worse, the Khazar alliance with Byzantium broke down in the early 10th century and instead the Byzantines began attempting to cultivate relations with the Rus and the Pechenegs a series of raids over several decades culminated in Sviatoslav of Kiev fighting a massive campaign which saw the fortresses of Sarkel and Tamartaka Tarka fall in the 960s before Attil itself was captured and utterly destroyed in the year 968 or 969. The Fall of the Khazars Although it has been argued that the Khazar state remained until 1224, albeit in a greatly reduced territory, it is generally agreed but the Rus' campaign left Khazaria devastated, and only a minor rump state remaining in its stead. References to Khazars in written sources persist up until 1106, when they finally fade from the record, although it is worth mentioning that many of these references seem to be misattributions. Despite their tragic fall, the Khazars left their mark on history. From the 13th century, they entered Russian folklore as Jewish heroes in the land of the Jews, and today they are distinguished as one of only two Jewish states to exist between the fall of the Second Temple in 70 AD and the establishment of the State of Israel in 1948. The Khazars have also been noted for their successful policy of religious and ethnic tolerance, seemingly a rare thing in the early medieval period. Along with the decentralization of their state and their exploitation of trade routes through their territories, it has also been hypothesized that the remnants of the Khazar population migrated westwards and went on to form the core of the Ashkenazi Jewish population in Europe, although it must be noted that most scholars are sceptical of this view. The theory gained traction in the second half of the 19th century, and was brought to the attention of the wider public in 1976, with the publication of Arthur Kessler's The Thirteenth Tribe. However, the theory has also been used to discredit or deny Jewish nationhood, and as such has also been taken up at various points, by writers or groups with an anti-Semitic agenda.